Welcome to another episode of Colorado Blurred Girl, one blurdy girl's journey through geekery and nerddom and the lessons that she takes along the way. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 11. I am your host, the Colorado Blurred Girl, Elise Goodgain, and I'm very excited to talk about the topics that I have today. Um, I'm just going to dive right in, honestly. I feel like there has been some interesting energy in the cosmos that is allowing for a lot of different variations of rebellion to be shown. And it's been interesting to watch the spans from obviously some violent and less palatable means of the insurrection type, as well as being able to watch the farmers in India with their tractor protest and just what is going on there, to the GameStop Wall Street takeover that I am so in awe of, but completely underwater about just... I don't know stocks like that. It's super interesting to be able to watch and be able to listen to people that understand the nitty gritty of what's going on. But regardless, being able to watch different forms of rebellion and different ways that the masses in general are figuring out how to voice their displeasure to the powers that be and watch the different reactions that also are coming from the powers that be lately has been, I don't know, it's been something that I guess I have had on my mind since over four years ago when people start talking politics and get into the whole thing of why does our election process work the way it does? Why are we into a free market capitalist society versus some sort of socialism or otherwise, like all of these various conversations that I feel like some of us are burnt out on talking about at this point, but also that are just kind of, it seems like a never ending woven part of the ethos, just because as we all have seen democracy and just the way that we want to live is something that we have to constantly be working for and striving towards So in order to, I don't know, I guess give you some things to mull over in the same way that I have been, I wanted to look at three different shows that I feel like use the main character to explore a lot of those same challenges while also posing to the viewer the questions as far as like, why are we in the systems we are? Why are we choosing to be the citizens that we are? And also like, you as your own main character in your life, what are you signing up to do? Who are you signing up to be? So on that note, I think I'm going to go into my first commercial for the culture. So for my first commercial for the culture today, I am going to showcase an artist, Henry Taylor. You can find him on Instagram um, at Chinatown Taylor. He did a painting in 2017 called Sicily and Miles Visit the Obamas. It is an interesting painting that does a retake on the classic like American Gothic um, painting that most people would recognize from 
just art, general art being shown to you, I guess. It's one of those classic paintings that most people recognize. And as most of you know, Cicely Tyson passed away, sadly, and it's one of those things that I know we've lost a lot of great icons recently, and it's been really tough and honestly overwhelming to try to keep it into perspective. And the other half is that like a lot of these stars are hitting the age where like that just kind of happens. But Cicely Tyson was just such a icon in general. And like, as an actress, as a black woman who likes to think of herself as a lady, and as somebody that just wants to embody grace and power, and just that authentic, grounded sense of just being, I guess, powerful. Powerful is the best word you can think of. But at the same time, she was just so layered and so magnificent in everything that it seemed like she was able to do. And even the fact that she was so active so late into her life, it's just insane. It's one of those things that... I guess when I think about pursuing your passion and doing the things you love and all that kind of stuff, how that helps you to live a fulfilled life and helps you to kind of have that drive to keep you moving. I just, that's the thing that I wish for the most for my life in general, that I have a passion that makes me want to get up every day. And it's beyond just like my want to get up to take care of my dogs and the things around me and all that kind of stuff. But truly that fire that burns that gets you up and makes you want to create things and to put your voice out there into the world so that it can be something that others can use as fuel for themselves. Like, I just wanted to take a moment and really just pay my tribute to this woman who just is such a trailblazer for me in everything that I'm able to do. And I'm forever grateful to her and all of the others that are in the same league with her as far as the giants that I am able to stand on the shoulders of. But please go check out his work. If you haven't already seen it, it's definitely one of the portraits that's floating around Instagram in the tributes space, but she will be missed. And with that, I think we'll get on with the show. And we're back. So for the first show that I'm going to get into for this episode, and this episode is going to be straight animes just because, I don't know, these three really sit out to me as far as every time I watch them, the same cycle of thought process kicks in. So I just felt like they would really match my topic for this episode. <laughs> so the first uh, anime that we're going to get into is called Darwin's Game. It was released in 2020 in the beginning of the year. Is basically, it's based off of a manga and is kind of video game themed, I suppose you could say. I think of it more of as like a fantasy kind of survivalist deal, like thriller survivalist. 
But, I mean, it is based off of a mobile game, so you can say it's a video game-based anime. With that, the main character, Kaname, is a high school student, kind of the delinquent category. Also, sorry, let me make sure to get this early out. This is not a children's anime. This is not for kids. It's it's not, like, crazy mature, but there's violence where they show the blood and gore of it. So, and there's a bit of nudity and adult themes and all that stuff. So, like, this is not one for your kids. This is for the teens and the adults only. Okay. (laughs) And continuing on. So, Kaname is this high school student in the delinquent class, like, slacker, just kind of chilling out. He has a few friends that are also in that same category, if you want to categorize high schoolers as anything. And so... Basically, one of his other friends is a participant in this thing that is a mobile app that's called Darwin's Game. And through various circumstances, Kaname gets pulled into playing this game as well. And basically, Darwin's Game is it's a survivalist game where once you're in it, you are able to control of power that as you continue through the anime the way that your power is manifested it just it's one of those things where it's like some people wish for something some people it's like a skill or part of their like personality it's just there's various things that can lead to why you get what power you get and their powers are called sigils so You get your sigil and you have your mobile app within your phone that is basically like your lifeline to everything within the game. And once you are a participant in this mobile app, then you can now be like challenged into these death matches, basically. And so each of the players are engaging in these like real life survivalist games in the city like amongst the public and everything that are able to run around and like basically try to kill each other and get like points and those points equal money and just different statuses and all that kind of stuff like the basics of why you would want to play a game that your life is on the line right so Because of the circumstances that pulled Kaname into the game, he didn't know all of this stuff before he signed up. It was one of those things of just like real bad luck of the draw. Friend kind of screwed him the whole nine yards, you know, just one of those things of it wasn't like a willingness to play this game. He didn't understand the full details and like had heard about it and was kind of intrigued and got pulled in. It was one of those of just like got totally fished and clicked the link and now you're like in this situation, right? So with that in mind, the way that he chooses to deal with such a crappy situation to me is just like, insane it's one of those like chef kiss moments in general because 
not only is it that he's sitting there trying to figure out how to survive, he's also trying to figure out how to remain true to like his own wants and his own goals within a situation that most would just either completely freak out and give up in or would like become super depraved and find it to be really fun and enjoy like the grossness that is the basis of this game, right? So that's the synopsis of what this show is in general, right? Within that, being able to watch, again, like, I really enjoy when animes go to the lengths of, like, you have a really good main character, and you have an interesting general plot and storyline, but when they take side characters and make them super layered to the point where it's like, if you don't see the main character for a little bit, you're not really upset about it. Those are animes that are honestly probably my favorites because it makes me invested in more than just like what one person is doing. It makes it so that you want to see more of the big picture and understand like the nitty gritty details of all that's going on, you know? And just in allowing the viewer to want to see and understand more of like why people are operating, which I guess in general is something I enjoy in all animes is being able to take a window because people aren't as easy to read, I guess, obviously. You're not able to just see a script and be able to hear their inner monologue, right? When people are walking around in the real world. But being able to see how different characters are thinking through their plot and their thought process and the way that people write different character designs, applying that in the real world when you're in situations and you watch somebody that is being really meek and quiet and understanding that maybe it's just more layered than like they're shy. It could be something of they just don't find you worth their time, you know, like, or maybe they aren't feeling well. Maybe they are just thinking about something else that isn't even in front of them in that situation. You know, all of these various variables that exist that are so outside of the realm of what you're thinking of because you're operating through your own space, right? So within that same line of thinking, being able to watch how Kaname is in this game, trying to figure out how to survive and operate in the way that he deems fit. You know, he doesn't want to kill people. He's not into just going out and massacring others for fun, for sport or for money. That's not his vibe. And yet he ends up pairing up with this amazing psychotic girl. (laughs) She's, it's like psychotic's harsh, but at the same time, it's like, she's nuts. She's cutthroat. And it's just his opposite in so many ways, but at the same time, so necessary for him to have because he is not cutthroat in a game where it is do or die, basically, unless you're really powerful and have a bunch of other things up your sleeve. So in allowing himself to understand that he needs allies and the way that he can gain allies is something that he can control and negotiate, I guess, is also one of the things that I think could be really useful in operating in the real world right now. Because 
there's so much that is happening that I feel like, at least in the echo chamber of hearing what millennials and that general generation is going through, of our strife of, you tell us what's going on, so we see the playbook, and yet once we're out and operating on the field, all of these plays are void because that's not actually the way things work. (laughs) Nobody's out here trying to make sure that they're super ethical all the time. It's one of those of like, you hope that people are, but you got to operate on what you actually are witnessing and what you're actually seeing. And so to be able to understand that even if others are going to play the game nastily, I suppose, if other people are going to play the game in a way that you aren't interested in doing, then that's okay. And honestly, it's probably better because you doing it your way will allow you, number one, to stay true to yourself, which is always important to make sure that your soul feels good at night and you're comfortable with the life that you are creating. But also, by not worrying about trying to do what others are doing, you're allowing yourself to be different. And being that different person is so valuable because it's a voice that needs to be heard. Without the variations and all that we're doing, we don't see the blind spots. We don't see when something's really messed up to one group or is super unfair to a section of people, you know, like... Truly, I, especially in thinking about creating more of the TikTok videos and content like that, looking at where I need to do the extra steps to make sure my content is accessible to the uh, hearing impaired community with captions, making sure that I'm trying to figure out if transcripts are needed or things like that, just being able to understand where my own blind spots of just being able-bodied or English-speaking or any of the tons of things that so many of us aren't really aware of all the time, you know, just because we are living our own lives. (laughs) It's not anybody's fault. It's more of a just, you're in your lane and you see what you see. That's why having varied opinions is important and valuable, you know, but sorry, bit of a roundabout there. Within Darwin's game, that diversity, that ability to surround yourself with people that can see and think different from you is also something that helps them to survive more in the long run. You know, it's part of what is allowing them to be able to create a clan that is able to stand on its own and make its rules and do what it wants within the scheme of the whole game, you know? It's super interesting. There's only one season. It's sadly a very fast watch, and I really hope that they'll do another and continue on. I know that the source content is there for it, so fingers crossed. It was really enjoyable, especially if you like action great fight scenes within it. The girls are super badass and have awesome fight scenes. So highly recommend Darwin's game. (laughs) And with that, I'm going to go to our next commercial for the culture. 
for my second commercial for the culture today. I am going to showcase a cosplayer that is based out of Canada, I believe. Her name is Locke. Um, on Instagram, you can find her at LockCause, L-O-C-H-C-O-S. Uh, she does a bunch of different cosplays, and the ones that I was really focused on because it relates to the next show I'm going to go into were her Tower of God characters. And Tower of God is an anime that was just done by Crunchyroll um, in collaboration with Webtoons. And she did so many of the characters from this series and did them very, very well. Um, she did the main character, Bomb. She did the sub-main character, Rachel. Um, she did some of the princesses of Jihad, just like ranging in main characters to sub came sub characters to the characters that are super obscure in general like just all of them you can tell that she absolutely loves the show loves the original content is super into it so I just I don't know she did great I absolutely adored her stuff so please go give her some love check her out uh that's lock and her handle again is at lock cause so yeah go give her some love and with that we'll get back to the show and we're back <laughs> so as i mentioned in my commercial for the culture the next anime i'm getting into is the tower of god it was just done by crunchyroll as i had mentioned it is a webtoon crunchyroll co-production um the first one that I saw that got me on the road of watching a bunch of the other webtoon crunchyroll productions that they've made I definitely think they do a great job in general so focusing on Tower of God though <laughs> uh this one again it's kind of short in general because there's only one season but if you are interested it was worth it to do the further dive into the webtoon um, web manga that they have where it's free for anybody to be able to look at online. So once you get hooked into the first season and you want to continue with the story, you are more than able to and you would not be alone in doing so. <laughs> but this series is about the main character, Bomb, who is this naive guy who just I guess he was like feral would be the best way to describe him he was just like a wild kid living out in the wilderness he ends up getting rescued by this girl Rachel who is head and not headstrong is like she is going up the tower and the tower right now is like in quotations because like the tower. It's the thing that people want to climb in order to gain what they want in their life, their life's desire, right? So her goal has always been to climb the tower. She stumbles upon Bond. He is smitten and has the whole like Prince Charming in reverse deal with the damsel in distress and she's rescued him and all that stuff and really just is in love with Rachel and then Rachel goes up the tower and leaves him. <laughs> and so mom is left by himself and is able to 
figure out how to also get into the tower and then takes off on this adventure to chase after Rachel, basically. And in order to find her, he has to continue to climb and each floor that you climb of the tower is a different challenge and the challenges vary and usually get harder as you continue to go up, right? So as he's doing that, he meets different, again, side characters that help to kind of challenge and just like, I don't know, help him to figure out what it is that he really is doing as he is pursuing Rachel. Like, for him to be in the tower is an accomplishment of itself because it's one of those things that most people are like chosen for. It's not something that you just like are like, hey, I'm going to go to the tower and you just walk up and like walk in. That's not the deal. It's one of those of like you are chosen to decide to ascend to it. Right. So most of the people that are in there are in there for very specific reasons, just as like Rachel was of they don't really go into her deal of why she wants to go to the top. But it's one of those of like, there's a deep seated reason that you want to go, right? So he bond when he goes in, he has his trial to be able to go and enter the tower. And then he comes into contact with these two different characters. One is Rock, who is like this warrior crocodile guy. And then the other guy is Coon, who is like this, I don't know, just kind of mischievous, white haired, like suave looking cat who just always has a scheme going. He's very crafty. He's super crafty. And basically this tripod ends up being a team that continues through the trials that they have lying ahead of them as they want to climb the tower. And these three personalities are so vastly different. They are insanely different and aren't necessarily ones that get along with each other either. Like Rock literally only is with them because he wants them to get stronger so that he can challenge them and potentially kill them in the end. Like one of those warrior types that's just like, I need you to bulk up. And I get like this, this anime is not as intense as Darwin's game is. I wouldn't say it's kid-friendly either in general, but, like, it's not as questionable, I would say, as Darwin's game was. So if you have, like, mature, older children, I don't know. I don't have kids, if you guys can't tell. So, like, my judgment is questionable, to say the least. So you are officially warned on all of that. This isn't meant for kids anyways. (laughs) I just want to give you a heads up so you know when you shouldn't have the kids up when you're watching it more so. Okay. But, so as Bomb is, like, in the tower, because he, again, is somebody that was just following Rachel, he didn't necessarily choose to do this, and I think you guys are seeing this theme, these characters that just kind of jump in head first and then get into this like full fledged situation that's your life is on the line, like not subtly, fully, you know. And so he's followed Rachel into the tower, now is on this course of like life or death situations. And at the same time, also is just like real 
dumb to the fact that his life is in such danger. You know, it's definitely one of the things that I think his teammates have to come to terms with in the understanding of like, (laughs) Bomb just like, it's not that he's dumb. It is just like this naiveness to him of just, he's so focused on just trying to find Rachel. And that's literally all he cares about. And everybody else around him is trying to do all these things to help him in general to just like survive that ends up almost being like endearing to them. It's, I don't know, maybe it's like the reverse rescuer syndrome. I don't, I don't know the psychology of it, but just that wanting to protect somebody so badly and them just constantly throwing aside any of the protection you're giving them because they have their own goal in mind, you know? Like, how often do we do that? <laughs> like just sitting there trying to give advice to people that don't want to take it, right? But in that sense, that's exactly it. It's one, like, as much as Kuhn wants to sit there and say, hey, like, why did Rachel leave you to come up the tower? Could that maybe be something you want to take a look at? <laughs> and and Bond doesn't want to hear it, you know? Just, I don't know, that moment of when we are told and told and told the cautionaries and we refuse to see it until it's almost too late or until something happens that is so far out of our own control that we wouldn't have necessarily wanted to do. But now you're in the position where it's like fully something that you're having to handle, right? Which I guess, again, when we're relating it back to looking at the last year, looking at going into this next year and how it's going to be so much of the same and how we all just want to operate better within this new normal, I would say. It's the understanding of what am I being led into? Which which tower am I signing up to go into that maybe isn't in line with what I decided that I want to be? And or if I am going to go into this tower, what kind of game am I playing? What kind of strategy do I want to use? What kind of allies am I trying to have? You know, being able to look at just who we are and who we decide we want to be, right? And again, the female characters in this show are just so good. So the ones I'm specifically talking about are the various princesses of Jihad. Oh, chef's kiss again. Just, just great. They're so good. But super powerful women that are the top of the top as far as warrior class and yet super, super, super micromanaged, controlled in rules that govern their life. And within that, how some of them are choosing to rebel from it and how some are trying to find little loopholes and others are being audacious in their rebellion, just being able to watch the different dynamics of play of status of just genuine knowledge and ability, as well as the ones that are scheming and thinking that they're making moves that will get them what they want, but end up blowing up in their face. You know, it's just, again, a super enjoyable watch. 
there's a lot for you to be able to kind of mull over and think through, but also in a way that it's just enjoyable, is light enough <laughs> in general. I mean, that's still a bunch of fighting and stuff like that, but more so of strategy and different ways of problem solving that are more obtuse instead of so obvious as just going in and picking up a sword and wielding it. And yeah, with that, let's get to our third commercial for the culture. All right, our next commercial for the culture is going to be a cosplayer. She's also a gamer. I want to make sure I give her her full title. Um, her name is Kuro Senpai. You can find her on Instagram at Kuro, which is K-U-R-O dot Senpai, S-E-N-P-I-E. And I found her on TikTok first. She has the same um, handle on TikTok and just... Super interesting cosplays. She has a ton of different types, but the one that I thought was really cute was her Asuna cosplay from Sword Art Online. She even was able to have a Kirito that she did, a super cute, like, couples shoot with him, and just, I don't know, if you've seen the show, you understand why that's super adorable. But she's super awesome. I love the way that she does so many different shoots within each of her cosplays, each different outfit. She has a ton that are the Miles um, version of Spider-Man. It's just, yeah, please go check her out. Give her some love. Definitely worth a follow. 110%. Uh, Kuro Senpai, again, on Instagram and TikTok. All right, guys, we're back. And for the last show that I'm going to do on this episode, we are going to talk about Sword Art Online. There are quite a few versions of this one. I, I would say seasons. Sometimes people get into, no, it's a different sub-series within it. But anyways, the one I'm going to specifically talk about is the first season of Sword Art Online. If you want to, I recommend watching all of it because it's really good. I'm currently caught up with the recent season, Alicization. Ooh, yeah, that's a tough one on anybody that has pronunciation issues. <laughs> but uh, it was super interesting, really enjoyable watch the whole way through. Anyways, we don't need to get into that. I can talk about that some other time. <laughs> so the first season of Sword Art Online. Basically... Again, video game situation, there is a company that owns a console that's called Nerve Gear that you put on that allows you to do like deep dive virtual reality gameplay when you use it. So they create this game called Sword Art Online that a bunch of people decide to play. Kirito is one of the characters the main character that we choose to follow in the show. And he is somebody that had done the beta testing of the Sword Art Online game. So now when it is being mass released to the public, he obviously decides to play it again and ends up being part of the group of people that then get trapped in this game by the creator to where... The only way you are able to log out is if you win the game, 
which is very hard, <laughs> or if you die. And if you die, then you die in real life. Like it fries your cerebral cortex or your spinal cord, one of those, to where you're, if you die in the game, you're dead in real life. So that's not your option. You're not trying to log out by just offing yourself, okay? So nobody signed up for that. <laughs> nobody was like, hey, I really want to play this game that I will permanently be in unless somebody completes it to the end. And so obviously everybody is upset and freaking out and panicking. And you follow Kirito's journey as he has to now deal with this new reality of being stuck in this new virtual world where you have to go into dungeons and like actually fight monsters and all that kind of stuff. And it's not like he has magic, he has weapons and things, but you have to get, build your skills. You know, it's one of those things of, I guess, I appreciate that the series really poses the whole thing of like, if you were actually in the video game, it might not be as enjoyable as a lot of us would like to think it would be. It might actually be a true terror and nightmare as far as it depends on the scenarios of what happens if you get killed. Like, what does it require for you to build your, like, XP and all this stuff that allows you to not get killed easily? <laughs> like, the real part that absolutely caught me by surprise was how they threw in the dynamics of what happens when you have players that, one, think this is all BS and don't actually buy that if you die, you die in real life. Like, aren't actually going along with the whole thing of, like, we're stuck in this video game and the true consequences of it all. They decide to still act as if these are avatars running around, right? Or the ones that choose to take advantage of it and live out their gross fantasies of being an immoral person, right? That actually take pleasure in the fact that they can kill people in this thing and like that it has real consequences and are just bad people, <laughs> you know, just not, not good people, not good things. And then you have the others that understand like, Hey, which would, if, if this had happened to me, I would be in this third group of, People that were loosely into games, just wanted to see what it was about, wanted to kind of go dabble in the villages, see what's up, maybe check out a like level one dungeon, and all of a sudden are now really screwed and stuck in this situation when they're a total noob and not of the caliber of somebody that should be having to fight for their life at this point, you know? <laughs> if I got stuck in a video game, if I was Kirito, I'd be dead. I'd be absolutely dead. Like, somebody would murk me so fast and it would be so upsetting <laughs> because, no, this would be my worst nightmare, you guys. Like, oh, talk about stressful. But anyways, Kirito is not like me. Kirito is actually good at video games. So he's able to, like, figure things out all lone wolf style, right? But as the game progresses and nobody has completed it, things get harder. And so he has to deal with needing allies. Again, as we all learn that we need to. 
it's just frustrating, right? We get taught that we're so great and we can do everything ourselves. And then we realize like, oh, I'm only good at some things. I need other people to help me out. It's a real kick in the pants. (laughs) But anyways, so Kirito is able to figure out a few different times, sadly, how he needs allies and how he needs other people to kind of watch his back, even if that is something that hurts him. And just, man, talk about a life lesson within that, even, you know, just the whole thing of trust and misplaced trust, as well as the want to just believe in somebody because you understand that that's what your soul needs. And the needing of friends and companionship and the need of adversaries and rivals, you know? Like, I think the thing that I have missed the most the older I get is the idea of friendly rivalries. More so specifically the ones that were on, like, sports teams and stuff is what I'm talking about. But in general, like, even... Looking at my acting career, now my podcasting career, all the cosplaying and stuff, trying to find people that I want to engage in like that friendly rivalry with. The one that causes us both to have that mutual respect out of the understanding that both are good and are trying their own deal and whatever, but also that like subtle competition, that little bit that pushes you to challenge yourself to just be a little bit better than them. Just a little bit. Not like in an extreme way, not in a way to put them down, just enough to be like, you know, I see that they elevated their game. Maybe I should elevate my game as well because I don't want to get left behind. <laughs> like, I think that's great. I think that that's, I don't know, just some of the spice and the zest that personally, I feel like as we get older, becomes frowned upon or becomes too serious becomes like people being jerks (laughs) just being awful instead of the understanding like yo this is meant to be like friendly the friendly rivalry is key I want friendly rivalries I want like rivals out here trying to put me down and be assholes like I'm just not interested in that but like the good push, you know, like we all need a good push. We all need icons. As I stated at the very top of this, we need icons. We need friends. We need supporters. We need rivals. We need it all because that's how we get better, right? That's how we improve or at least how we learn and continue to evolve. Hopefully, I guess, again, that depends on the other parts that are around you. (sighs) So, Looping back in, Kirito is being shaped by those around him, to say the least. And one of the main people that starts to have a true effect on him is Asna. And she, again, powerhouse female, coming in with the sword skills and just showing him that although he is great, he is not the only excellent player in this realm, you know? And just is able to shake up a bit of perspective and help Kirito to understand, like, life. And that even though he thinks he has it figured out, there is other elements that might be his blind sides, you know? Just 
how, like, what is, again, what's your goal? What's your goal in relation to other people? What's your goal in relation to the general scheme of the world? And how is it going to actually make things better? And if it's not, are you okay with that? You know, just truly looking at your situation. I don't know. (laughs) I'll give a few caveats within this show because I know a lot of people like to hate on it. It is an older one. It's been out for a while. So there's a ton of people that have seen it that haven't seen it, but have seen things that have merch for it and just have formed opinions. I don't know. But it's one of those shows that I genuinely think you should give a shot, give a watch. And if you're like me, you'll get hooked and just be really excited that there are four seasons and are varied storylines for you to get into and just be able to enjoy watching what goes down in these various worlds that could created in the SAO industry, industry complex. I don't know. You guys get what I'm saying. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to end with my last little commercial for the culture. Shout out. All right, guys, I want to thank you again so much for joining me for another episode of Colorado Blurred Girl. Um, I hope that you got a few different gems that you want to take a watch. And if not, at least scope out some of these commercial for the culture people, these great artists and different creatives that are putting awesome stuff out into the world for me and hopefully you to enjoy. And so my last little shout out commercial for the culture is going to be my music you should listen to. And that is Kiana Lede. She is somebody that's been out for a while again. She had a song that was featured in one of the Fifty Shades movies, I believe. I'm sorry, I haven't watched any of them. It wasn't up my alley. But like, I don't know. Her music is. (laughs) Her music totally is. The movies aren't, but her music absolutely is. She had an album come out in 2020 called Kiki. And the song that I will play for you in the outro is called Movin'. It's so good, you guys. It just has that, I don't know, just like empowered, but vibin' vibe to it. And it's just soulful and easy to listen to and really great. Um, She also was the feature on the Stuck in the Middle song that has been super viral, at least on TikTok. So maybe you heard that as well. Regardless, please go give her a listen. Um, She is on Instagram. I believe it's just her name. And if you need to know how to spell it, K-I-A-N-A. And her last name, Lede, is L-E-D-E. And it's the E with the fancy little pronunciation mark to it, you know, but Lede, (laughs) um, please go give her a listen and spread out that love. Thank you guys again for listening to another episode. You can hit me up on Instagram at Colorado Blurred Girl. Um, if you want to send me an email, give me a critique or a shout out or just send some love. Um, I can be reached at the Colorado Blurred Girl at gmail.com. And I'll make sure to put all the commercial for the cultures in the bio so you guys can check everybody out and stay positive out there. Stay light and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Uh,
I could only face me.